Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to Mint. I am Nasreen Sultana. You are listening to All Things Markets, where I speak to experts analyzing the big trends moving the stock markets. Corporate earnings in first quarter showed skewed growth in select sectors. Companies benefited from low base, posting better earnings in Q1 compared to last year, but sequentially earnings showed contraction as margin pressure intensified with high input prices and reversal of cost rationalization measures. So, will earnings momentum continue in FY22? To understand that, I'm in conversation with S.P. Prabhu, CIO, Aegis Federal Life Insurance. Hi, Mr. Prabhu. Welcome to the show. Hi, Nasreen. It's a pleasure to be on your show. So, first up, uh, as we just got over with the June quarter earnings, uh, let me begin by asking you what are the uh, key takeaways and uh, trends of uh, June quarter earnings according to you? Before I get into earnings, let me give a bit of a context here. This particular quarter was a bit of a challenge in terms of measuring how good the earnings are. And it came from a number of factors. Yes. Normally, when we look at earnings, we we compare it with the corresponding period of the previous year. Uh, So previous year, that is Q1 of FY21, was a period when the country was largely under a a, a complete lockdown. Maybe there was some relaxation towards June. But Mm -hmm. April-May was definitely under a complete lockdown. Uh, And this year, uh, during the the period of April-June, the country had a second wave and it was under partial lockdown. In the sense, it was the restrictions were largely local. The severity of lockdown changed from place to place. So there were differences in terms of states which it came. And the other challenge was we could not compare it with the first quarter of FY20 because that was a normal year, but nonetheless, mm. there was a, a sharp economic slowdown. So one thing that uh, we should avoid doing when we look at this quarter's number is to compare it with the corresponding period last year. So a better metric would be to look at the street estimates of the earnings of a, of a company or of a sector, and then uh, see whether the company, whether the earnings were able to, uh, how did the earnings behave vis a vis the expectations. Hmm. Uh, in addition to that, since there was no lockdown and uh, uh, no national lockdown, but there was, uh, you know, regional uh, lockdowns of varying severity. So there were company-specific sectors, company-specific issues even within the sector. For instance, if you were to take the cement sector, if the cement market is largely in a states which are under a severe lockdown, then that particular company would get impacted Whereas an another company which operates in a in a uh, which operates in a region which doesn't have a lockdown or which had a very mild sort of lockdown or a lockdown only for a, a week or so would have a very very different revenue and earnings uh, 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 outcome. So we need to keep this context in place when we look at the earnings. There were companies which or sectors which had misses, and there were sectors which also gave positive surprises. If I were to sum it up, it's it's sort of a mixed bag. And there were also, and one unique part was there were companies which sometimes missed the margins the at the EBITDA level or at the net profit level, they missed the uh, expectations. 
but nonetheless they 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 could meet the expectation in terms of their revenue their revenue guidance or the uh, uh, or the analyst expectations of the revenues so that's broadly the earnings uh, profile mm. that has, that's that, right that that comes up right. No, I completely agree that uh, we probably may not be an apple-to-apple comparison if we compare it with year-ago period because we are all aware that uh, the first quarter of last fiscal was a complete lockdown and uh, only in the last few days of June that we started seeing opening up of uh, few cities in the in the country. I completely agree to that. So what if we compare this um, uh, June quarter earnings to sequential earnings uh, as uh, to December? Because December quarter, or the, or the, or the March quarter, uh, actually. So if you look at the March quarter, numbers were really very encouraging. Uh, there was a lot of confidence by the management commentaries about earnings momentum to continue. And uh, we also saw uh, two consecutive quarters where there was uh where most of the companies actually benefited from the pent up demand a pent up demand and second was the festival demand for a lot of companies but if we are comparing uh sequentially do you still uh, i understand that they have met estimates but sequentially if you look at uh the the, the overall q and q numbers does it give you confidence that earnings uh, revival is still going to sustain i would uh, broadly divide uh, the the companies uh, who have declared uh, results into two categories companies which 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 have directly been impacted by uh, the second wave and the lockdown and the companies which had relatively lower impact uh, for instance uh, if you look at a sector like it uh, uh, now, right. uh, now yeah in this sector the uh, it, it, it's it's not a consumption driven sector hmm. uh, say like compared to let's say an automobile sector so the impact of covid was less there might have been health concerns among employees and stuff like that but if you look at the uh, if you look at the financials the impact was less because it's largely you are serving the global markets so uh, so if you look at it sector the buy uh, the larger it uh, companies have uh, for instance met their earnings estimate Uh, or maybe there was a minor miss, but by and large it has, mm. it has been in line with estimates. If you look at the mid-cap IT IT names, they have right. in fact surprised positively. Mm. Uh, whereas a sector like a consumption-driven sector, like say automobiles, that too, you know, relatively a discretion where discretion uh, comes into play. Uh, obviously, there were uh, the lockdowns uh, severely impacted them, and uh, sequentially. uh i uh, that that there was a sharp fall in sales uh, in both numbers, the yeah. sales mm. sales and consequently on the earnings mm, so, right so i think it, it's a bit contextual there nonetheless i think uh, the street had built these numbers uh, some companies had given guidance and uh, you know forward guidance in terms of uh, uh, in terms of the 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 impact of the slowdown so it was not a complete surprise there were cases of specific companies which where there were surprises both positive and negative but largely i would say the earnings were in line with estimates with a few misses and a few positive surprises Hmm. But you know, over the last uh, few quarters, we have seen commodity inflation eating a lot of a uh, big chunk of the margins. Uh, now I know that this is a 
big positive trigger for companies uh, like metal companies because uh, they thrive on the rise in the commodity prices. But at the same time, companies like auto, as you mentioned, or FMCG products, they depend on uh, this uh, uh, steel, aluminum, or the oil, palm oil, as the raw, rocky raw uh, material for their products. Uh, now, uh, we have seen commodity inflation hitting the margins. How long do you see these margins remaining depressed? Uh, do you see a, 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 a revival or a correction in commodity prices so that the margins can be corrected? Uh, if we look at the nature of the inflation, I think there are a few characteristics which are there. I'll, I'll just briefly touch upon them. One is this, uh, the current bout of inflation, if you look at the underlying commodities, it is quite broad-based. It, it has covered metals, it has covered energy, which where I'm talking of both crude as well as coal. It has covered agri-products. Uh, it has also uh, you know, covered uh, your basic chemicals. Uh, now, these are all building blocks for most industries. They're either uh, raw materials or, build, or inputs for most industries. So the nature of the inflation this time was quite broad-based. It was global in nature. If you look at the CPI inflation, both in developed countries and emerging countries, uh, it, it has gone up substantially over the last few months. Uh, the, uh, the monetary policy, normally when inflation goes up, the monetary policy uh, tries to contain inflation. This time, uh, because of uh, COVID and uh, the need to support the economy, that has not happened. So we are in an era of massively surplus liquidity and low interest rates. Uh, fiscal policies continue to be uh, ex uh, expansionary. Uh, either by supported by capex or by welfare uh, uh, expenditure of the government, and in certain select uh, commodities there was supply side disruptions. It came from uh, issues like uh, there was a shortage of containers for some time. Even now the situation is not completely normalized, but it's it's less in, uh, it's less intense than what it was a few months back. Or uh, some of the uh, COVID specific uh, issues came in. So that's broadly the nature of the beast. Now companies have uh, have uh, either have tried to protect their margins by passing on uh, the higher uh, input uh, uh, input cost pressures into their uh, into their final products. So so if you look at it, however, it's not uniform. In some cases, the pass through of inflationary pressure has been partial. Yes. In, yeah. In some in some it has been uh, it has been complete. But then, mm -hmm. but then there are uh, specific uh, issues like contractual commitments. Mm -hmm. So a company will have some time before it does a price reset. Uh, the price elasticity of products, because certain products, if you hike prices sharply, it can result in a fall in demand. So companies have tried to stagger in uh, price rises. Uh, some companies have also used uh, pricing as a strategy to gain market share, knowing that... Uh, Competition will do it. Mm -hmm. So, 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 so it has been uh, sort of company specific, but nonetheless, most companies have passed it at least to some extent. Uh, the the cost the cost pressures into their final products. So, so going forward, do you see margins uh, a healthy improvement in the margins. I think margins can, uh, if commodity prices continue to remain elevated, margins can be under a bit of pressure because not every company will have the ability to pass on, fully pass on the inflationary pressures. So we may have situations where for certain sectors or certain companies, we may see uh, while there is good news on their revenue front that they're able to get volume growth or 
a value growth, but uh, their EBITDA margins can 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 come under a bit of pressure. But mm-hmm. by and large, I think companies over a period of time will 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 uh, pass through the inflation pressures. Mm, okay. So, what are what are your observations of about the consumer demand? Uh, because we have seen that uh, rural rural uh, consumption has been quite pretty strong, uh, and uh, urban consumption to some extent had slowed down and uh, showed a kind of resilience in in the last quarter. Uh, but do you overall do you see a uh, uh, increase or do you see a contribution by urban uh, uh, consumption as well? Yeah, I think it will be a it, it will be a bit of rural demand and urban demand coming together. If you look at the second wave, uh, the lockdown was localized, as well as most of the supply chains were pretty robust. Unlike the first wave, where there was uh, disruptions in supply wave. So, for yeah. instance, uh, people could uh, people used uh, people could order stuff on internet and uh, uh, get it delivered at home. So, unlike the first wave, where when the wave ended, there was a bit of revenge, so-called revenge buying. Or revenge mm. purchases, uh, mm. where there was sudden sharp spurt in demand for due to suppressed uh, uh, or inability of consumers to get products during the lockdown. We don't see that happening now, at least not on a significant scale. There can be a bit of uh, you know uh, suppressed demand coming, uh, spurting out here and there, but on a, a wide scale, we don't see that happening. Nonetheless, uh, the good news on the urban front is that the vaccination uh, progress in vaccination has been quite good. Uh, 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 The population of India above 18 is slightly over 90 crores. And uh, so far, uh, 55 crore people have got at least uh, one round of vaccination and the numbers are progressing further. So as as we move towards December, uh, where the target is to uh, vaccinate 100% of the population, we would see uh, increasing amount of unlock happening, uh, the economic situation getting normalized, offices opening, uh, uh, restaurants, malls opening, and I, I think then our urban consumption will get normalized. Uh, so I, I don't see a revenge buying, but it will get normalized. Mm. Uh, rural is a slightly different uh, dynamics come into play. Uh, FY21, the agri production was very good. And uh, secondly, the they also got a good uh, uh, rabi crop. Uh, so consequently, uh, procurement uh, was quite uh, heavy. The income levels of uh, rural had uh, were elevated last year. Uh, we expect broadly that trend to continue. For instance, if you look at uh, rainfall this year, there is a bit of shortage. It's not as good as last year, but nonetheless, it, it's. Uh, if you look at the sowing area, right now we are at about 98% of FY21 in terms of crop areas. Uh, uh, which which have been sold, so it's more or less. Uh, so most of the crops, if you look at individually, bearing cotton in terms of sowing areas, uh, they, they are more or less in line with last year's levels. So we expect agriculture to be a, a normal. It it may not be a bumper growth over previous year. We but we expect a normal but good season, and consequently, I think uh, income flows into agriculture will uh, uh, income flows to household from agricultural produce will continue. In addition to that, central and state governments are doing capexes, capital expenditure programs, which create jobs in rural areas. Uh, Manrega is in uh, full swing for uh, rural jobs, as well as the government, the central government has extended the free food grain scheme, which was to end early this year, this financial year, till uh, Diwali. So it has been extended. And uh, 
Consequently, because of uh, free food grains, cons uh, so consumers need to spend less money on food and they have little more money to spend on uh, uh, other uh, goods, uh, other uh, consumer goods. So consequently, we expect demand to be healthy uh, on the rural front this year. Right. Uh, so uh, what is your overall uh you know, opinion of the stock markets uh, right now. I understand June quarter earnings is almost uh, uh, behind our back, uh, but uh, there are still cases uh, of the new variant of COVID in other parts of Asia. Uh, but market investors in India are still quite uh, bullish about the Indian market's prospects. Uh, but uh, of course, there is a concern of a third wave. How do you see Indian markets in this context? Yeah, uh, so, uh, I mean, India always uh, historically had a, a particular characteristic that we do a, a set of reforms when we are pushed pushed to the back. And uh, the Modi government has also used this pandemic period uh, to, to drive reforms. So let me just uh, give sort of some broad brush perspective on that. Uh, corporate tax reforms have happened. Tax rates have been cut from 30 to 22 percent, which is currently in line with the global tax rate. So in terms of our taxation uh, structure, uh, we are globally competitive and uh, now the problems of retrospective taxation also are behind us. So it, it, it's, it's a benign tax environment. Uh, we have agri reforms, which, uh, which perhaps may not immediately impact us, but over a period of time will help uh, particularly two aspects, contract farming and uh, free trade. Uh, will unshackle agriculture over a period of time, though there can be short-term problems with that. Uh, we have uh, a wonderful labor reforms which have happened. 29 acts have now been made into four acts. The acts, the, the architecture of labor laws has been modernized. Enforcement is stricter. So we, we, we do have a significant labor reforms that have happened. Then there have been sectoral reforms like insurance sector, uh, FDI limit has been increased to 74%. Uh, major ports bill uh, has been, now it's major ports act, uh, that has been passed by parliament. Uh, defense sector, there has been uh, emphasis on indigenization. Uh, PSU banks have been recapitalized and uh, mergers have happened. So these are all various sectoral uh, initiatives have, uh, ha I mean, have occurred. And lastly, there is this major program of both privatization and disinvestment. By disinvestment, I mean listing of PSUs for the first time and uh, privatization is outright sale uh, of, and uh, transfer of control to private sector. Uh, so, so far, privatization is still work in progress, but uh, disinvestment has moved at a fast pace over the last few years. Uh, and lastly, we have a PLI scheme uh, which will enable identify sectors, identified sectors, uh, to create world-class uh, production uh, facilities. So I think overall, if we see, if you look at the reforms and the thrust of the government, so that is very, very supportive of industry and uh, we have created an environment in which industry can thrive. So there are a few more reforms which are there. Uh, there are further GST reforms which are expected. Some have already been implemented and uh, some are likely to come through in the next year or so. And then there is a, sec a, secu a single securities market code, which will uh, bring in number of uh, securities market related act and, uh, and maybe help us modernize our uh, market, uh, uh, the legal infrastructure of our market. So I think uh, these are all uh, extremely good signs. 
Uh, we have a large capex program both at the center and the state level. Uh, one very interesting area which is a lot of emphasis is happening is on the logistics sector because that is a sector which impacts everywhere. Uh, the average logistics cost for Indian industry is 13%. In developed countries, it's about 8%. So as and when we modernize our transport infrastructure, our warehousing, cold storage, and stuff like that, uh, we 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 try uh, the uh, it enables the industry to not only have a very modern infrastructure, it also helps them to crash their costs. Uh, I think uh, which is uh, I think which is all positive. So over a medium term, uh, this will uh, so the macro environment will drive uh, uh, companies to invest as well as generate good returns. And you have company specific issues like greater emphasis on digitalization. Companies are increasingly using data analytics, uh, not only to uh, you know understand their customers better, but also to cut costs. Uh, supply chains have become more resilient, and they are being optimized. Cost rationalization is happening. Balance sheets are sounder because of deleverage. So we have the building blocks for uh, for a good earnings outlook over a period of time, uh, and 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 that's my outlook for uh, for the corporate over the next let's say next three years or so. Okay. On that note, uh, thanks a lot, Mr. Prabhu, for uh, joining us and uh, sharing those uh, insights. Of course, the conversation can go for a long time, but I'm afraid uh, we are running short of time. Uh, so thanks a lot once again, and we wish you good health. Thanks, Nasreen. And uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. So take care. For feedback, you can write to me at nasreen.s at lifemint.com or you can reach out to me on Twitter at Nasreen Story. You can also reach out to us at HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And to listen to more podcasts like this, you need to log on to www.htsmartcast.com. This was a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.